Outside the Shoot would like to thank one of their sponsors, the Lynx at Penn Hills. If you're a golfer, you're going to want to check out the Lynx at Penn Hills in Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. With nine holes wide open situated along the beautiful Shubenacadie River, and the other nine tucked into woodland, this Les Ferber design is a challenge for the best of golfers. Located just 15 minutes from the Halifax Stanfield International Airport, the Lynx at Penn Hills has become one of the best courses in Nova Scotia. For more information or to book a tee time, go to lynxatpennhills.com. Hey everyone, happy Monday once again and welcome to episode 14 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Before we get to our guest, it's time to announce this week's OTC Player of the Week and we're heading back over to the St. John's Senior Men's Softball League as Colin Walsh of Three Cheers Pub takes home the weekly honor. Walsh had a torrid start to the playoffs as he went 5 for 7 with 4 home runs and 5 RBIs. Game 2 was really impressive as he went 3 for 3 with 3 home runs, becoming the first player in St. John's Senior League history to accomplish that feat in the playoff game. Great job, Walshy. Now on to our guest this week, and we're heading to Aurora, Ontario to speak with ISC Hall of Famer and Bracebridge, Ontario native Todd Martin. Marty's list of accomplishments in the game are astounding, as he has won six ISC World titles, five Canadian Senior Men's Nationals, he has been named to the ISC All-World Team nine times, and a three-time outstanding pitcher at the ISCs, just to name a few. We're going to talk to Marty on getting the start in his hometown of Bracebridge, moving on to play at senior level, his storied ISC career, being inducted into the ISC Hall of Fame, as well as much more, including being the pitching coach to Canadian Women's National Team member, Jenna Kyra. This is such a fantastic interview with one of the greats of the game, and the memory that Todd has on his career is unbelievable. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Marty, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. How's things up there in Aurora, Ontario today? That's a little cool today, but after basically living on the sun for about a month and a half straight, I think most people are ready for uh, <laughs> a little cool weather because it was pretty unbearable around here for the, oh, almost two months. Like with hot and humidity, it was crazy. Yeah, you guys were up, you guys were consistently up in the high 30s, weren't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. It was, yeah, it was hot. <laughs> It was miserable. Hot and sunny and probably the best summer ever, although COVID hit us and we couldn't goddamn well get on the field. <laughs> yeah, that was brought up more than once around here too. Yeah, so sure. they, um, yeah, we didn't get a, we probably wouldn't have had a rain out the whole summer the way <laughs> the way it went this yeah. year, right? So yeah. okay. other years you play and every, everything's a rain out every time you look on the long range forecast, you're worried about rain. But yeah. this year it was just like, it was melting hot. Yeah, felt like it felt like Florida. I felt like when I played in Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pre- that's pretty bad when when you're in Canada. It feels like Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, yeah, for sure, for sure. Anyway, Marty, uh, talk about getting your start in uh, Bracebridge there. Oh well, I grew up in a small town, right in Bracebridge, and um, you know everyone played it, so it wasn't anything um, you know nothing special. It was just that was the 
that was the game of the uh, the game of the summertime pastime. So they had a really strong men's league. Um, they still have a they still have a good strong men's league up there too. And you know, we just happened to have a couple of really really good ball players that were you know four or five six years older. I mean, Mike Crawford certainly stands out as one of them. And I just got to watch it. And then you know they went they went senior. Um, I guess I was probably 16 or 17 years old and they started playing against, you know, once I'm tired with Brad Underwood and, and, uh, Chuck Hendricks and Lloyd Lang and all those guys. And they brought them up to Bracebridge and I already had the bug by them, but I actually got to, got to play against them as a seven, 16 and 17 year old. So I pretty had a pretty much had a, you know, a good idea what I wanted to do and how far I wanted to go with it when I, when I started seeing some of that stuff. Yeah, because nice. at that point I, I really didn't even know what existed, right? I just played because everyone played. I just uh, was a little bit better at it, I guess, than most of the guys. So I got to go a little bit farther with it. But yeah, but yeah I didn't even know it was out, I didn't even know it was out there. So wow. So did you guys have a midget and junior program in Bracebridge? Well, I, I've told this story a few times. We like you know we had minor ball. And we played and we went to the the OES, which is the Ontario Championships, up to up to Bantam, I guess. And then my in midget, I had the, uh, you know, I went on the high school, did the announcements. Anybody want to try for a midget team tonight? Come on out. And I was the, I was the pitcher and I was the coach and I was going to be carrying the balls and the practices and everything else too. So, uh, one of the, one of the guys, dad said, you know, he'd help out once I got things rolling or whatever to stand on third base, but you know, no one really wanted to do it. So I did that the first year. And, uh, the second year I said, yeah, I can go, I can go somewhere else and do this. So I started playing men's ball then. Right. And, um, yeah. And then, and then after that, I guess it's, you know, a couple of teams saw me playing men's ball, um, against the likes of Underwood and, and Brad Baker and those Oshawa teams and some of those great teams and, um, the Oshawa midgets end up coming and get me. So, nice. so that was kind of the beginning of a format. That was my, my exit from, uh, from Bracebridge, I guess, <laughs> um, which, you know, led me on a path of, uh, quite a few, quite a few teams, quite a few towns for the next, uh, for the next few years. Yeah. Right on. So, like, uh, so where did you pl- play your first level? Like your first year of senior, was that? Uh, did you play? You played with cameras. I come across, I believe. That was my second year. So my first year, I went to um, Aurora, Illinois. So I moved down. I was supposed to actually play with Green Bay. Um, so Colin Abbott and I, had, or you know, unbeknownst to Colin or to me at that point or whatever, we played against each other the year before, and we kind of knew each other a little bit, and we were, we were both getting pretty good at it, I suppose. The um, we uh, we were supposed to go to Green Bay, and then I ended up getting uh, getting the run around there, so I ended up going to play in, in Aurora, Illinois. So I moved down there for the year. Yeah, I moved down in April. We started our first week in April, I think, and I came home. That's back in the ASAs were end of September. So so I was down there until almost October. Wow. That was my first year. Yeah. So were, so were they, you guys just played like in the, in travel tournaments, didn't you? Or, or did they have did they have a league down there? No, they had a, they, well, they had a league too. So we played, I'm going to say, 109 games, I think, in, uh, in 1992. <laughs> yeah, we played a lot. So we played every weekend for except for two. And again, we drove everywhere because there was tournaments everywhere then, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're playing in the Midwest. So you, you go to Kokomo, Indiana one weekend, then you go to Decatur, Illinois the next weekend, you go to Bloomington the weekend after, then you host something in Aurora, drive to Sioux City. You know, it was pretty easy to get in and around things places then. Mm-hmm. Um, and they played a league as well, too. So, um, so we played a ton of ball. It was... Uh, it was interesting. I didn't get to play nearly as much, I guess, as uh, I had a different idea of what my job was going to be when I got there than they did. So 
So oh, yeah. their jobs, my job sounded like fun. Their, the job they had for me sucked, which was sitting on the bench. So uh-huh. I think I got, to, <laughs> I got two at bats and, uh, I think I pitched 15 or 16 games out, out of 109. So oh, it wow. was, uh, yeah. So I, I couldn't get out of there fast enough and I laugh about it now because it's easy to laugh about it now. Like one of the, one of the big greatest you know, gifts of my life was to, to actually live and play with Lauren Algar for, uh, for a summer of ball. So I was, you know, I was just, I sat on Lauren's lap basically and listened to everything he had to say for six months, which, uh, which he taught me a lot about pitching, a lot about the, the craft of pitching and everything else that went along with it, which, you know, I, I took with me forever. So it's hard to discount the experience completely, but, uh, wasn't my favorite, wasn't my favorite time in my, my softball career, put it that way. Uh, was he the guy that taught you the flip change? The what? <laughs> the flip change. Dino told us to bring that up. <laughs> he said, what the fuck oh, is the flip, flip change? change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, as I've told lots of people around here, too, if you're teaching the flip change, you just get your kid ready for slow pitch career. After exactly. Ball, after yeah. Softball done. yeah. Uh, no, no, Lauren had, Lauren, funny and oddly enough, Lauren had the best rise ball probably other than maybe one or two Kiwis for about 20 years. Wow. Um, and he and he could not throw, he did not have a down change. He, he, could, he couldn't throw a, uh, you know, drop change as we call it. So yeah. he had a spinner change. You, you can hear the, he's one of the only guys that I knew that could throw a spinner change and actually fool people completely. Wow. Um, Darren Zach could kind of half the time, but, but mm-hmm. Lauren had this thing, I think he called the Frisbee and it was something to watch. So, but he was, uh, he was right. He had a low rise, a high rise and a between rise and a, you know, a curve rise. That, that wow. was four signals. I think, so. You wow. don't, you don't see that. You don't see that now. Holy cow. No. No, the ball leaves apart too quick now, right? So it doesn't uh, doesn't take much for the ball to get out. Back then it did, so right. it was you had to square it up. But now, uh, now you don't have to square it up as much. So the balls are lighter; they're harder to make the ball move too when you're pitching it. Um, you know they they're they're neon green, which you can see from a space shuttle. So um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of things going against pitchers nowadays compared to what it was back then. Yeah. Not to mention the the world got a lot smaller and the game got a lot uh, tougher at the highest level too. Yeah, so. that's, yeah that's true. Yeah. For sure. So, was your first uh, senior Nats with Camrose? Uh, yep, it was. It was uh, in Kitchener in nineteen. What was that? Nineteen ninety-three. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you um, what do you recall about go, that? Oh, it was uh, it was a great experience. You know, we were um, we were a shorthanded team. I would say probably we didn't. Uh, Dino Dino was actually play with us when I signed. Um, and he ended up, I don't know, I'm sure it was a, a struggle over gas money. But, uh, <laughs> so he ended up going to Saskatoon. So he wasn't even there when we got to the Canadians. So he probably quit halfway through the year, or maybe a third of the way through the year, went to Rempel Brothers. So, you know, we didn't have a, we didn't have the best team, but, uh, we had a lot of fun. And it was my first kick of the Nationals. I remember we played, uh, we played the first game, um, against, uh, Waterloo. It was my first game ever pitching in the Nationals. And that was at Hillside Park and Waterloo. And and um, Brian Sosnowski was playing for us. He came over to me and he said, "Are you okay, kid?" And I, I was hyperventilating the first <laughs> inning. I couldn't even I couldn't even catch my breath to, to pitch. So, you know, we're playing against the host too, which yeah, yeah. had a lot of people there. Which which you know, I'm an Ontario kid, so a lot of them knew me. Right. Um, you know, I think I, I think I threw a twelve or thirteen hitter too. So, oh, good game, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah I got a lot. I think it, was, I think it was down eight after three or something like that. So that's uh, didn't, didn't, didn't go as well as planned. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> but yeah, we had a good we had a good run. Though we had a, I think we ended up losing to uh, Oshawa on the tiebreaker to get into the medal round. So it was you know we probably ended up where we should have. So okay, excellent. 
So in in ninety four, that w- that was your first ISCs in Summerside, uh, Prince Edward Island. Uh, you were with Napanee, correct? That- yeah, I went yeah. to the ISCs in ninety two in Salt Lake City's with uh, when I was playing with Aurora, but I didn't pitch. So, oh, okay, okay, um, yeah. Yeah, so I was there. So in the 93, when I signed with Camrose, I didn't even realize that they weren't trying to go to the ISCs. Uh, I, I guess I just assumed that everyone tried to go to the ISCs at that point in my career. So I was a little disappointed in that when I found that out, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it came down to um, um, 90, when I left Camrose, well, I was not that was Camrose was going to be a, a long stop for me anyways, just because of the way they were set up. Um, I came back to Napanee because they, uh, they had qualified for the Worlds. So, so they were trying to get bigger and they were trying to get better. And it's, there's a couple of funny stories about, about me signing with them too. But they, uh, so yeah, my first ISC, my first game was in, uh, my first game I pitched in the ISC was in Summerside. So, which was awesome. It was a, just an awesome tournament too. We had so much fun. Yeah. So you had, you had a pr- pretty big game there against Tampa Bay Smokers, beating them one nothing. Uh, that must have been, uh, <laughs> yeah, that a, must have been a, pretty big for had you. a big day. Yeah, I had a big day that day. We played Tampa in the morning and beat them uh, one nothing, and then turned around and beat the Denmark Dukes one nothing in eighteen innings a couple hours later. So, oh, I, so I threw the twenty five innings that day, and um, <laughs> and we got done. I remember a couple of the guys saying they were going to the bar because uh, the game was streamed on TV or it was on the local TV anyways. And the guy said they're going to the bar and they <laughs> they, go, <laughs> they go home from the bar at two o'clock in the morning and they, they turn the TV on and they thought it was a replay, but it wasn't we're still playing. So we <laughs> ended up getting done it. We ended up getting done it. Uh, I think it was around three thirty or three thirty in the morning thereabouts. Then we had to drive back to Charlottetown, stayed there, had a couple of beers, put some ice on the arm and then uh, went to bed for a couple hours and got back up and had to play. Play Waterloo the next day at noon, so wow. uh, there's, there's no no rest for the wicked. So, but that happens sometimes in the IC. It's not the first time or the last time. Like I've, I've started games and with the lights are on and you, you finish the game, the lights are off. So it's just you know, sometimes it sometimes it works. We went uh, 18 innings and the game before us went 16 with Terry Bell and uh, Steve Price through through. Um, it's the same thing with zero zero and went 16 innings. So we went 34 innings in, in two games. Wow. We're stuck about six or seven hours. Jesus, that's nuts. So. The beer tent would be loving that. <laughs> the beer tent did, but the boys that wanted to get to the beer tent, <laughs> yeah, they, no. they, they struggled with it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. <laughs> now, do you feel that was your coming out party, so to speak, at the world level? Oh, 100 percent for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I had a really good tournament. You know, I had a I had a really good game the first one. We ended up losing the extra innings with Scandia Computers. I think I struck out 22 or 23 in the 10 inning game against them too. And wow. we had, um, with Napanee, we had one guy that could hit, hit, hit bombs, Jeff Kyle, and then eight slappers or bunners. Oh yeah. And, um, they had, uh, they had Troy Bauman playing third base for him and went on to be the quarterback or backup quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, so cool. every time the boys would drop a bunt, he'd just pick it up and throw a, just an absolute missile from third base. And we just were like, okay, well, our office is, <laughs> we're going to struggle this game, boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, know, you know, you guys want to turn around, bat right hand and start swinging for the fence. Maybe that would help. But, uh, yeah. but all this button and slap is not working against Troy. So, so yeah, we had, yeah. So, but it was my coming up party for sure. I, I thought true well. I threw a lot, obviously. So yeah. I think it's true. I think it threw 46 or 47 innings or something like that along those lines. So it was a ton. Yeah. The the following year at the ISC, who were you with the following year at the ISCs? Were you with Napanee again? Napanee again, yeah. Yeah, so we went back in 95. And again, that was the, 95 was in Sioux City, which was the bizarro year. So basically, if you took the top 10 teams in the ISC, they all, actually other than Larry Miller uh, with Meredith, they all lost their first game. 
So, oh my God. Um, you know, the gate, yeah, the Gators, that's when Darren came back and broke all the records right. and came to the backside. Yeah. He won everything, but you know, we beat, we beat, um, we ended up losing Larry Miller. That's one of those games that they called us at four thirty in the morning. said, you guys are starting at six. Holy shit. So, oh. so we, you know, the boys get out of bed and they go see uh, Peter Meredith and, in his prime or close to it anyways, throwing, you know, 85 mile an hour rise balls. And, uh, as the lights are coming up or lights are turning off at, uh, in two city at the park, wow. but we end up losing to them. We won a couple games early, I think. And then we lost to them and then we had to come back. So we played Tampa Bay, which had a huge team. Um, and then we played green Bay all car, which had a huge team. And then if we had to beat all car, we would have played the Gators. That's the schedule that we had Holy in the loser bracket on, on Tuesday. Right. So that's Tuesday and Wednesday. So I think we were out on Wednesday night. So we tied for like 12th or 13th or something like that, or 11th, or whatever it worked out to be. But, but yeah, everybody lost. It was just one of those, one of those years. So, you know, when Z, Z went on the record, it wasn't like he, he uh, threw a bunch against a bunch of you know garbage teams. He had to, he had to basically go through the whole tournament to, to yeah. do what he did that year too. So which is pretty awesome to watch. I, we stuck around and watched him play against Green Bay the next day after our game, and it was you know it was he struck out the first thirteen I think in that game. It was pretty wicked to watch. So. Wow, I imagine it would be. And they were a great team. They had Sorensen, they had Abbott, they had Rycheck, they had Shaw, they had all these guys too. So they were they were a great team too. And he just went through, and it was it was, it was something. Wow, something to watch. Yeah. So a couple of weeks later, you would you you join the Toronto Gators to to go on senior nats and and win in St. John's. You guys must have had quite yeah, a that, quite a celebration in yeah. St. John's. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was. Um, I, my, I think my celebration started around Tuesday or Wednesday. The, the, <laughs> all the me and Ronnie White, we, we were picked up from Napanee, and and um, Whitey played a lot because Ray Tilly wasn't there yet. But I think Brad Underwood and Brad Baker and myself and Darren Zach were pitching, and and Undy came in on Tuesday or Wednesday along with a couple other starters. And so me and Whitey just we were sitting on the bench for the rest of the week. There we knew what we were there for, and, and their job was done by midweek. So we uh, we had some fun after that on George Street. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, we had a good celebration. It was fun. It was it was a great thing to be a part of. It was neat to play with the Gators. Yeah. You know, you see them from the outside in. It's a different story than when you're when you're um, when you're actually playing with them. Yeah. Like when you're when you're looking in on them, you think you know, not a very tight knit group. Whatever, a lot of superstars. Uh, then you get to play with them for for a weekend or two, and I got to play with them a couple times. Um, just a great bunch of guys and a very very tight knit group that uh, had each other's backs. And you know, they were they were just a they're a really good ball team too, right? Yeah. So that year that that year was pretty special for them too. They. Uh, they won everything there was to win, and they only lost three or four games through the whole course of the year, too. So, pretty amazing. One, luckily enough, one was to me, one nothing in Napanee. So. There you go. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> might have helped my cause a little bit. So. Yeah. Now the the following year in '96, you'd uh, you joined Tampa Bay Smokers. How did that all come about? Uh, well, they beat. I, I knocked them out of the world two times, two two years in a row. And and Pete Porcelli, he even chased me around for. Well, probably a year and a half to, to come down there. And, you know, I, I started to get to know him a little bit by then. And it was starting to be the writing on the wall that I had to get down to a big club somewhere, whether it was going to be the farm or whether it was going to be Tampa Bay or whoever it was going to be. Um, I was actually going to go back to Napanee and, and Napanee ended up folding uh, like after I turned down a lot of gas money from Pete. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Napanee <laughs> folded oh, and uh, left me kind of hanging on the alert. So, you know, I started making a couple phone calls to the guys that I knew and guys that uh, were, were chasing around a bit. So, as luck would have it, uh, Pete still didn't have didn't sign another pitcher yet. So, I got to go down there and we had an absolute riot. 
Florida. So oh, yeah. we had so much fun. And yeah, Tampa, like, you know, you're, I was 26 years old and I'm flying into Tampa Bay on Fridays and coming home or Sundays and Mondays and, That's you know, playing crazy. golf every, playing, yeah. playing golf every weekend where you had, you know, the, the, you know, the beaches, the bars, the Sunday bars, you know, like you, you just prayed that your flight was canceled on Sunday. So you could go to <laughs> hang out at Shepherds on the beach and, you know, Again, it was just it was a it was a fun time, and, and we were obviously good at it. And we we did pretty well for the next two yeah. or three years. So yeah, well, you you won the the ISCs that year. You you went four and zero with a one point three zero ERA, and you were named most outstanding pitcher. Um, what what do you recall most about that tournament besides the win? Well, yeah, I, I started all six games. So what I recall is the you know, the, the amount of talent that we had to actually play to, to get there. Um, you know, we played, um, we played an easy game the first game and then our second game, we played against the the Ravens, which had a whole line and Terry Bell thrown for them. And then the third game we played against, uh, Larry Miller. So with, uh, with Pete Meredith and then a fourth game, we played against the farm that had Jody Henniger and Paul Algar. And our fifth game, we played against the Gators who had Zach and, and everybody. Oh my God. And then we, then, then the final, we played against, uh, Green Bay who just beat the Gators in the semifinal. And they had, uh, Peter, uh, or Michael White and, um, my, and Mike Chetnik. So, wow. I said, if you, if you want it, yeah. And I remember, Porcelli thinking that we had a, such a great draw <laughs> because <laughs> because Green Bay was in the other side and Green Bay was was one of the one of our nemesis for sure mm-hmm. and I'm like he's, I said so what I said the whole world's on our side I said what are you what are you looking at and Green, <laughs> yeah. Green Bay ended up losing the game the second game anyways going to the backside but and coming through in the uh, come through the backside and and almost winning it too so so I remember that for sure and I also remember I was so nervous you couldn't get a pin in my ass when the game started so. Um, <laughs> You know, there's, there's, I don't know, seven, 8,000 people, whatever, whatever that place holds. Um, you know, there was, everyone was cheering for him other than my dad. <laughs> and, uh, first pitch of the game, right? Chick hits a double second pitch of the game. Uh, Todd Stevenson bunts in the third. I was happy that he bunted him just to get an out. And then, uh, Colin hit, uh, Colin hit the, the fourth pitch. Uh, no, the fifth pitch in the center field over the fence. We're down two nothing. And I drill Sorensen in the arm. He gets on. Rubley almost takes my face off with a <laughs> with a line shot in the middle. Sorensen gets a second, and we start jawing at each other. And um, they had to separate us. We start screaming at one another. And after that, I think they got one more base runner the rest of the way. So, wow. Wow. so whatever he did, he whatever he did, he lit a switch under here. Yeah. yeah, he lit a switch under me and uh, got me going and uh, and helped me get rid of get rid of the nerves. Yeah, yeah, because I end up walking uh, Colin twice after that. On purpose to get the yeah, not a bad choice, much unheard, <laughs> which was pretty much unheard of at the time. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Omar Sorensen, you know, like Colin that was fantastic. Yeah. Mark Sorensen at that point was walking on water, so mm. so I got uh, I got Mark to pop up a couple times to right field, and uh, we were in the first base dugout, and I I had a couple words to say to him each time that I did. So <laughs> I got to walk by him. So um, so yeah, it was a, it was an interesting time. I remember that I remember that tournament for that. So but it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it's always nice to win. The first one's always, you know, pretty, pretty special. I don't think anybody in the world thought we were going to win it then. So um, I think there was hopes that we were going to win it in the next couple of years, but I don't think anyone had us pegged to win it in 96, which is always, always nice as well, too. So yeah. great bunch of guys, timely hitting and some good pitching got us through. So it was fun. Pete Sam, man, I got to play with Pete Sam and one of my idols as well, too. So Pete Sam and Marty Grant and I, it was, uh, it was a good, uh, good run. Excellent. So what happened in 97? You guys... 
you guys finished fourth though. Oh, the illegal pitch is out of the tournament. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we would have won it back to back to back too. There's not one person in the world that I that would convince me otherwise that we were going to win it. Because '97 we were '97 we were better than everybody um, all year. So I don't think I don't think anyone was going to beat us. So um, that was when uh, Milt Stark. Well, they put the well Milt Stark was uh, I don't think it was him that came up with the rule, but they put the hitch rule in. And uh, me and well, because Darren was pitching with us that, that year too, so it was me and Z and Mike Crawford was there too. Wow. Um, but they um, they wouldn't let us pitch in the IC. So I go out there. I think uh, Darren threw one hit of the first game. No, I threw one hit of the first game. Darren threw one hit of the second game. Then we split a no hit of the next game, and then the fourth game against the farm, they called the first six pitches I threw illegal. Um, so then they took me out of the game, and then they brought Darren, and then they called the next. 16 pitches illegal on him. <laughs> so oh my God. Uh, it went, it went sideways. Yeah. They, and yeah, they made a mockery of it. So, um, so there's cool. a lot of rumors, which I won't get into why that happened, but, uh, but yeah, they made a mockery of it. Um, so yeah, I didn't give us a chance to go back to back to back on it, but you know, we came, we, we beat the farm, you know, and I, I got, I got to play with the farm and I was lucky enough to play with the farm after that. But in, um, we went down to Tampa and the ASAs and I said, okay, boys, let's go. I said, there's no rules in the ASAs. I said, so yeah. you beat me, you've earned it. If you, don't, if you don't beat me, you don't earn it. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I beat him twice. So nice. and, uh, I, sh- I shut him out both times. Actually, no, Jody had home run up here one time, but, but yeah, so we beat him in the ASAs, uh, down there. And, um, I said, if you had earned it, you would have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had to beat me, you would have earned it. But, uh, but I've still to this day, I say we don't get beat. I would tell you it's completely different, but I'm doing the podcast right now, so I'm right. You're right. You're <laughs> goddamn right. right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the following year in '98, that was a pretty big year for you. You uh, you you won ISCs again, and then you'd uh, yeah. go, you go on and uh, win Canadian Nationals with the Halifax Jaguars in right here in Saint Croix, Nova Scotia. Uh, yeah, which was an awesome time. Yeah. So how how did that all come about? Being picked up by Halifax. Obviously, Mark was it? Uh, yeah, Mark. Well, I think it was. Um, you know, I, I remember this pretty well too. It was. We had so much fun. Like me and Colin Abbott got picked up to go play yeah. with uh, right. with the Jaguars. But there was a. If memory serves me correct, which usually does when it comes to fastball, uh, there was a pretty good blow up between the the Keiths and the the now the would be Jaguars. Yes. So right. I'm not exactly sure what started it or how it finished, but I knew it was ugly, and it was not. They were <laughs> they were not two peas in a pod when it come to uh, come to the Nationals. Mm-hmm. So you know the Keiths, you know you know Mark split off with them and took a bunch of the uh, I don't want to say young guys, but probably the, the lesser known guys. Yeah. Um, out of that bunch, and, and went with the Jags, and then you, you know the Keys kept all the uh, all the talent. They picked up Mike Piagnik, and they had who else came with them? They had Rosebush. They they were just stacked, right? They were loaded. They had Jody Henniger. They were they were a loaded bunch. So two teams did not like one another, and um, we played we played them right off the bat through the first game. So they grew up four nothing in the sixth inning, and uh, they ended up coming back and beat us in extra innings, which didn't help. But um, what I remember about that is. Um, well, I got so many funny stories about that, but I remember how much the two teams hate each other's guts, yeah. and how how the Keys really, really did not uh, did not respect the Jaguars. So yeah. um, we had, <laughs> we we were fortunate too. So Colin Abbott tore his hamstring in the in the final or the semifinal of the world that year. So him and I get there. We go there three or four days early, and 
he's standing there in a pair of shorts, whatever, and his his leg is black and purple right to the ground. I'm like, you can't play ball like that. And he's, oh, I'll be all right. But he couldn't even walk, so he was the ancient. <laughs> so I remember we got there three or four days early though, and um, and the the Rudolphs were the sponsors, and they owned the well, they owned a lot of stuff, I guess. But they um, they put us out in the highway out in the middle of nowhere, and there wasn't even a like we had no car, we had no nothing. So I mean, and they put me in calling out there. Ricky DeBlanc was a pickup too, so he stayed with us for an hour until he until he saw what we were doing. And he said, "Yeah, he, he needed to get some sleep. He didn't want to uh, drink as much beer as we had in mind." But uh, <laughs> so we phoned uh, we phoned him and just said, "Hey, boys, if you're going to put us in the middle of nowhere in this you know this kind of a shag carpet hotel, then maybe maybe throw us a car, just something to get around, right? So right. In case we got to eat." And so they said, "What? You don't like where you're staying?" I said, "Have you been to where we're staying?" He says, "Nope." <laughs> So he says, pack your shit. He says, I'll be there in 20 minutes. So they drive out, pick us up, and they stopped at their house and said, which one do you want, 96 or 98 Jag? And we like, well, of course, we'll take the 98. <laughs> couldn't get our bat bags in. We couldn't get our bat bags in the trunk of the 98, so uh, the bats wouldn't fit in. So we ended up taking the 96 Jag. <laughs> then they take us down to the Sheridan in the ocean beside the, uh, beside the or above the casino, beside the lower deck oh, yeah. in Halifax, and uh, said, here's where you're staying. Is this going to will this suffice? And we're like, yeah, yeah we can get by. <laughs> this will so, do. <laughs> Yeah, this will do. So, so Colin and I, Colin and I, room there for the you know ten days, or whatever, for the tournament, and had an absolute riot. Oh, so, awesome. uh, yeah, Signal Hill was playing at um, Signal Hill was playing at the lower deck for the week, and you know it was it was just it was something it was something to behold. Jeez, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. probably I probably ran into you then. I was I was nineteen or yeah, I just turned twenty in ninety eight. So yeah, I probably ran into you there. <laughs> You're pro- yeah, we were there every night, so I'm pretty sure you, you would have saw us anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, some big guy hobbling yeah, around. Had, yeah. Yeah, Abby, uh, both of us were hobbling most nights, trust me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys had a pretty uh, pretty good finals there. One nothing win over the Keys. With, uh, we talked about Smitty there, Barry hitting the home run. That was. Uh, yeah, Barry had. I think it was in this. I think it was in this top of set, um, top or bottom of seven. No, I think it's top of seven. He hit it too. Right? He yeah. had top of the eight. Yeah, yeah. So they had to beat us twice too, which was always nice, right? We and that was back in the old days when you yeah. had the when you had the two game finals. So, um, so yeah, like uh, yeah, it was just a great game. Like again, Musi Musi pitched great. You know, he came out and and uh he just had a had himself a great tournament oh, he had a great career but that was a, that was the start of it too so it was yeah. fun to be around there for that so i, I remember smitty on the one day he said he's married eagle warm up and i'm like for what <laughs> I said, what, what am i gonna do and he's not doing it. he's out there throwing 100 miles an hour with a great change i said do you think you just you're gonna get a shorter fatter version of that so <laughs> let him let it let him go yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. awesome yeah it was uh it was fun to watch he had, he had a great tournament so we had a great tournament so oh, yeah. you guys did um, yeah yeah it was, it was again that that was probably one of the most unsuspecting ones <laughs> The, yeah, uh, I don't think anybody. I don't think we would have been ranked in the top five or six and in going into that tournament. So, you know, you had the key set on sound, but uh, Rosebush had the bomb off Frank Cox in the uh, semifinals to win one nothing in that one. You know, we had Holine and, and Saskatoon. Those guys are they're really good as well too. So there was just a, there was a lot of really good teams out there, and I don't think they probably would have put us in that one, which is always nice to win as an underdog. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's such a great, great, great venue and great like you know, it's just everything about it. 
um, everything about playing on the East Coast is always it's always been my favorite place to play. So um, for Canadians and stuff like that, yeah, we had so much fun out there. And you know, every every game you had, you know, you had fans. Uh, you know, the place is packed. Right? They didn't. They weren't always the friendliest if they didn't like you. But uh, oh. <laughs> at least, at least, at least you knew you were alive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ninety eight, you were all, that was the year you were named to Canadian men's national team. That correct, right? Yeah, 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 that was my first kick at it. How was uh, how was that feeling? The, uh, it was pretty good. Like it was, um, it's an honor to play with Team Canada. And uh, my, I was talking to the boys last week on the the two twenty twos or the twos podcast. They asked me the same question, and they said something about whether what what do you remember most about being Team Canada and and uh, one of your highest moments. So I said the whole thing just kind of melds together as a, as a great experience to wear the Maple Leaf. So there were some ups and downs, obviously with wins and losses, but yeah. going there and, and, you know, we went down to, we saw the, you know, I don't know, it was a Caracas, Caracas and Valencia, Venezuela, which was pretty much a poverty stricken uh, region. Yeah. Uh, you saw some shit that would make your, make your eyes bug out <laughs> as a, you know, 20, 26, 27, 28 year old kids from, uh, from Canada going down there and seeing some of the poverty and, and, um, you know, like everyone was, you know, you couldn't eat, right? There's nothing yeah, to eat. Right. So everyone was, everyone's starving. So we were living off a of boost in granola bars because the first night we're there, uh, we're living in this, it's a hundred degrees everywhere you go. It's stinking hot. And they got the stew pot outside in, in the, which you would, you know, quote unquote, call athlete's village. And the thing sits there all night and they're back there cooking in the morning in it again. Uh, yes. You know, we're looking at the window and it hasn't moved. Right. So, you know, and the, the dogs don't have hair on themselves down there, so they're starving to death. So you don't know, you know where they've been. They've been in the stew pot. So, <laughs> you know, we, we quit, we quit eating. So, you know, everyone was sick of the dog. We had, I remember, um, Doug Chase and, um, and Rip Elias, they were, they were green. Like they were so sick. So it was, um, it was interesting because, you know, everywhere we went from then on in, it was with Team Canada, all the different places. Um, somebody always got sick. Somebody, yeah. somebody ate something they shouldn't or drank something they shouldn't have, uh, or a nice cube or whatever the case was. You know, you hear so much of it, but when you when you live in it and two or three guys drop down, I'm like, I'm you know, I'm fourth or fifth in the depth chart hitting here now. I haven't had a swung a bat in five years, <laughs> so because guys are getting so sick. But yeah. it was really cool to be part of, right? So there's some, you know, just interesting things coming to play internationally, like whether it's umpiring, whether it's the the teams you're playing against. You know, I, I, Tosh and Gru and I roomed together and we were trying to trade our, our little bats, our little, um, you know, you know, bats they gave us to trade yeah. for mm-hmm. fans. For, they gave us that to fan for fans were trying to get to, to sleep at night and they had no hot water, right? So you had cold showers and everything. It was, just, yeah. it was interesting. But, but, you know, you look back at it and fond memories, right? So. Yeah. The, the, the armed guards, wherever you go, you land in the airport and there's a 15 year old holding newsy, right? So, you know, everywhere you went, the guy, they had armed guards and stuff. So you, you remember that stuff too. It was, yeah. but you know, it was, yeah, it was all part of it. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever really, really felt unsafe there other than maybe your guys that were really sick didn't think they're going to make it home. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing how far you can go on a couple of beer and a couple of granola bars and a boost in the morning. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, were you part? Were you part of the brawl down in New Zealand that Dino told us about? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't. I don't know which brawl it was, but no, I've never been to New Zealand. So, oh, okay. okay. So I wasn't. I wasn't there. That's probably. Was that? That was probably the '04 year. I, I believe uh, I it was. Go, I wasn't. I wasn't there in '04. Um, yeah, I. Well, I remember a couple of the guys. I remember Jody. I got in a 
got in a fight in the washroom. Uh, well, he didn't get a fight in the washroom because Joey Ice not going to fight, but he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got attacked in the washroom by by uh, by one of the local guys, whatever. So, but they take it pretty serious down there too. So, um, yeah, I would have liked to have been been a part of that too. So, you'd have to stay up pretty late at night to tell me why I wasn't there. But uh, but that wasn't my decision. That wasn't my decision. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so tell us about your time with the farm out of Madison, Wisconsin. I know you got you wanted ninety nine with them, correct? Yeah, we. It was a uh, yeah. It was one of the fondest times of my life, fondest memories of my life. The whole six year stretch that I played with the farm. We had so many great people come through there. We had the we had the greatest owner ever with Rod Peterson. Just just a absolute pleasure to to play for him and, and be around him. Um, you know, some of my best friends I ever made playing the sport. Uh, we all played in that team. Like I had Todd Bugkey and Colin Abbott and Dean Holine, Greg Miller, and and the local guys like Boyd Dahlman and Lonnie Swan and Gary Swan and some of these guys that we played with Jody Henniger. Like the list goes on. Paul Rosebush. We had so much fun playing down there, um, and we were good. We were always we were always good. We were terrible defensively. We could hit and pitch, but uh, it seemed like there's always one play a year that kind of got in our we, we kind of got in our way a little bit and. Uh, and didn't win it because I, I think we should have won two or three, um, two or three of them over the course of those uh, five or six years. So yeah, you guys were consistently uh, top a, five, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like even in you know in '02, we should have won. Like I thought we had the best team in the world in '02, and and uh, uh, or was that '03? Oh, uh, that was '02 in Kitchener. Yeah, '02 in Kitchener. Um, we just had bad break after bad break, um, bad call after bad call seemed to get us who, you know, one bad one, a game, whatever we get a, we get a call that hurt us. And, uh, yeah, so that was a tough one too. But yeah, we had a great team. We had a great time, you know, and there was such good competition then too. So, yeah. um, yeah, like, you know, the farm and broken bowl and County concrete, they were all just fantastic teams. A couple of good Canadian teams from the West. Like there's, it was hard to win. IC has always been hard to win. I've said that a million times. A lot of things got to go right in order to win it. So, yeah. Uh, it's fortunate enough to win a few of them, but the there's you can you can lose them as easy as you can win them some days, and that's seemed the way it fell for a few years with the farm. Right. I'm gonna fast forward a few years here to 2008. You uh, you're with Kitchener River Shark, and you guys beat Dino in Saskatoon in the finals. And when we were talking to Dino last week, he said it was one of his hardest losses he's ever faced. Uh, what do you, what do you recall about that that final game? Um. Well, I remember vividly. I can tell you, uh, I can tell you everything, everything, the whole thing, the, every pitch of the whole game. So uh, I can, I can pretty much tell you the most pitches of the most games I've ever played and ever part of, anyways. But uh, yeah, that was um, Dino. One, yeah, that was that would that would be tough for Dino too. And you never want to see that happen when with your to anybody, like right. your buddies, or whatever, too, right? So because you're you're right there with them half the time, but. Um, yeah, it was, you know, we played a 13-inning game against him in the undefeated game. You know, the problem with the ISCs, in, the, in my mind anyways, in the last, you know, 10 years, is they, they it got too end-loaded at the end um, for all the games. So it's harder for your the number one pitcher to keep going and going and going. We're used to spread it out Friday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, or whatever the case was. Now it's, you know, the undefeated games on Saturday uh, morning, and then you got to play Saturday afternoon or night in the final, too. So... So we went 13 inning games and in one of the goofiest games you ever see in the, in your, in your life in the, um, in the morning against them. So, um, you know, they, they got up a bunch and then I got pulled and, uh, we came back and I came back in. I threw six or seven shutout innings 
in a row to get uh, to get to, and they did too. And then we ended up winning in the 13th. Wow. So they came back, beat them. They came back, and we we watched it. We came back, and uh, they beat the farm. Uh, Dino hit a grand slam in that game too, into the lake, um, <laughs> into the Fox, into the Fox River, and I think that was extra innings as well too. So then we played them in the final, and they got up, uh, they got up three nothing on us. I think uh, Patty Shannon hit one home run in the bottom of the fifth to make it three one. Blair Ezekiel hit a one in the bottom of the sixth to make it three two. And then Wolfie hit one in the seventh to make it three, three. And then all hell broke loose. So, um, again, you know, Dino lived by the rise ball, die by the rise ball. So, you know, it's like, that speaks like he was throwing absolute gem for, you know, an hour and 15 minutes. It's the last half hour, of the half, last half hour that got him. So, and again, and you, when you throw that many rise balls in a day and he's throwing a ton of them too. So, um, uh, so then you get flattened out a little bit. So, Wolfie hit one in the Fox River. That was a no doubter. And then um, we got a couple more guys on. And then Jody, I hit one in the parking lot to make it five or six three. I think we ended up winning six or seven three after that. But it was three nothing them. Like they, I wouldn't say they were home and cooled, but they were probably thinking they were pretty good shape yeah. in, uh, in the bottom of the fifth or sixth inning. Yeah. So um, we had a we had a re- like they, they were they were a really good team. We had a great team. Like yeah. we that would have been another upset too if they had to beat us, but. Uh, um, we had beat them a couple times earlier in the year too. So, but they, you know, they were, they were, we were back and forth with them. They were, they were a great bunch of, a great bunch of guys and a really good ball team. Right. So they, when you throw guys like Rick Smith, Dean Holine and Trevor Ethier yeah. on a pitching staff, um, they're going to be competitive wherever they go. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I remember that. So, and I, again, that game, it's funny cause I think it was three, nothing, three, nothing. And I'm coming out. Uh, Frank Cox is going in and Dean Holine, he's in the on deck circle and he gives me a high five on the way out of the, way out of the ballpark. <laughs> so, you know, it's just because that's the way he is and that's the way we are sort of yeah. thing too. Yeah. I didn't know at that point I was going to be going back in. So, yeah. um, I went back in, I went the one out in the seventh and got the last couple outs, uh, to win it, which was, uh, nice. which is always nice. It's always nice to stand in the middle when it's over. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, so the following. Yeah, then Dino joined us. Then, then Dino joined us the next year. That's what so. I just about to say. I was going to lead into that because, uh, yeah, Dino joined you guys, and he, t- he told us, you know, what kind of stand-up guy you were for faking an injury in the finals and letting him finish off Broken Bow. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. yeah, faking an injury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I knew he had it in him, so I thought I'd go down on the first. So. <laughs> I remember that because I had two out in the first, and I had Jared Martin 0-2. Uh, when my groin popped again and uh, mm-hmm. I go down a pile and they get me off and I'm, I'm, you know, laying on my back over there and I'm hearing ball one, ball two, ball three. And then Dino gets out of the first inning and he comes over and he says, yeah, thanks for giving me the, uh, put me in that pickle there with the two, <laughs> two outs and two outs and two strikes to the guy. He says, geez, could you do it? Could you put, put me in a worse spot? So, <laughs> but yeah, no, Dino, threw, Dino came in and threw, threw bullets, um, threw bullets in that game too. So did, uh, Adam, Adam Fulkert. So yeah. oh, that yeah. was, um, that was early on in, um, in quad city when uh, it might've been the first time quad city hosted the, uh, the world tournament. And it, it was like playing under candlelit dinner, uh, lights when they started. So it was, it was really hard to see there. Yeah. So the batters, the batters always struggle in quad city. I thought at night games. So, yeah. uh, so Dino and, and Adam were just, they were just lighted up. So it was, throwing as hard as they could and throwing down wherever they wanted to. It was hard to, hard to catch up to. So, yeah. but I remember that too. And I remember, yeah, I remember Dino winning it because it'd been, you know, we've been teammates for a long time and 
and um, and certainly friends for a long time. And for him to win it, and I was there for it, I was pretty I was pretty happy for him. So he threw his glove about forty feet in the air, and he, he looked like he was going to cry. I didn't know if I should hug him or stay away from him in case he squeezed me too tight. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was pretty awesome for him. And he just he, he played, he hit great, he did everything great at that tournament too, as he usually did. So yeah. Now I had to laugh because I came across the what was senior Nats would have been about three weeks after that, I, be, I believe. I think it was around three weeks. Yeah. So yeah, you guys, yeah, like you guys won. Right, so. You guys beat Jervis in the finals there in St. Thomas. But uh, I, you pitched two and two third innings of the whole Nationals, and it was in the finals, and yeah, you got, and you got the win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the last. Yeah, because I think. Um, yeah, I remember coming in with bases loaded. I think it was Scotty was throwing, Donnie Scott was throwing. Yeah, and I came in, and um, yeah, I came in with bases loaded, and Ellsworth was up. So that went that went nine innings or two, nine or ten innings too, I think, didn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. Wolfie scored uh, the winning run. Yeah, I went extra innings as well too. So they're you know you know they're I got a bad groin right. Like I I had groin injuries for for years until I had surgery on in two thousand one. So I knew when it was going and I knew when it was gone and I knew what I could do and couldn't do at that point. So um, so I was kind of you know I had enough adrenaline. I figured I could throw for you know half an hour. So um, so I said yeah, put me in. So it was usually my decision by that point, right? right so right. Um, if you yeah, like are you going to go to you or are we going to go to somebody else, right? So I said I think I can get through this. So I remember. I remember thinking Elsie's such a great hitter too, but I remember Elsie took a swing. He hit a first pitch. I go in there and throw it, and I'm pretty amped up too. So Elsie hit a pretty lazy fly ball to left field, which is certainly not a normal Jeff Ellsworth uh, outer swing. So Elsie uh, usually gets a pretty good hack at everything he swings at too. I've seen him swing at stuff over his head and strike out, but I've also seen him hit you know three or four home runs in a row too. Yeah. So I was happy that he got through that he you know, I popped that one up to left field. So I remember that too, and then we got through the next couple of innings. So yeah, I didn't I didn't throw much. That's for sure. So, so I was getting pretty long in the tooth at that point too. I was getting old. So yeah. Um, that was near and that was near in the end, but yeah, it was a nice one to win too. So with uh, with uh, with Kitchener, right? So with yeah. Allman. Yeah. So was was twenty yeah. eleven? Was that your last senior Nats? Uh, yeah. So twenty ten, I got again. I got hurt in the world, so I pulled. Yeah, again, that's uh, getting uh, getting long in the tooth. You're you start having these little dumb dumb injuries that uh, break down on you. So. Uh, that's basically why I gave it up. The, mm-hmm. um, but I pulled something. I, I pulled something in the world again too. And my, uh, and I was done. And I was done for the Canadians. So I went out to Charlottetown for the Canadians and everybody. I couldn't pitch in it. So yeah. I was still there with the boys and being a part of it. So um, well, you had to. So it I retired. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Right. So exactly. <laughs> so I retired up 2010. Uh, so a funny story about 2011 was. Um, you know, halfway, you know, maybe halfway through August, Jim Hallman phones me up and he said, Marty, he said, uh, you know, I want you to come to the Canadians. And he said, I need you to the Nationals. I said, Jim, he says, I know you're pitching. He says, I know you're still playing local league and you're doing all that stuff. So, you know, I know you can do it. He says, I don't need you to do much. He says, I need that one guy in there that can come in and do and just, you know, throw a couple innings when we need it. Wave your hat, pump the boys up, be the leader you are, sort of thing, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll do it. It's a known sound, so I'll do it. So I said, I can't get there until, you know, Thursday night or whatever. So, um, so I get in, so I, I get in Thursday night and, and I throw, I start the next six games in a row <laughs> and I go six and oh, or five, five, five and oh. And, uh, 
and then we're in the final. So we were on the table on the backside. So we're in the backside. So it was, it was funny because Dale Levy was batting three for us. So we were, we were the last seed. So we were the weight team in every game. Um, every game I pitched, Dale Levy hit a home run in the first inning, a two run shot Jesus. to make it two nothing, to make it two nothing. So except for one and Robbie O'Brien hit one that day. So every time I went onto the mound, we were up, uh, we we're up two nothing going into the bottom of the first That's inning. Nuts. So, Jeez, that helped. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And, uh, I was throwing the stink eye at Jim Hallman for, I still am about that because <laughs> you know, he told me I was coming there to wave my hat and pump the boys up. Yeah. I don't remember him saying that I had to pitch six games in a row. So, <laughs> so yeah, we played the noose in the final and, um, you know, we were up, uh, I think we were up two nothing, two nothing or yeah, I think it was two nothing on them. And, um, and the, the Azicals have been back to back on me to make it three, two for them, which looked like it was going to be over. And then Scotty, Donnie Scott, who was hurt, uh, as well. He came in, um, again, he had a half hour left in the tank too. So wow. he came in and, and, uh, threw a blinder and, uh, we squeaked one out in the seventh inning off. Uh, we got, uh, got to the top of the seventh and scored a couple of runs. I think it was Fibsy. Fibsy got a hit for us and, uh, and we ended up squeaking that one out, which was the last time anyone, I think, won the Canadians other than Newfoundland for about a hundred years, isn't it? So other than, other than, no, well, yeah, actually, 2017. 2017. We don't talk about it though. We're not allowed to. We're not allowed okay. to talk about it. We're not allowed to talk about it anymore. We it talked was, about it too much. That, it was called that the young, mind. young, very, very talented, uh, group of newbies. Oh, geez. Uh, well, that's, went on a tear, which I, which yeah. I told them they were going to, like, they were going to that night too. I said, you guys, you guys will get yours. Don't worry. Well, so, that's, yeah, that, that's what uh, I was going to ask you. I was going to say like could you did you know like after that after you guys beat them in the finals did you know that they were gonna go on oh, go on the run yeah, yeah. Absolutely. i was playing with them like i did i played with a few few of them by that point like blair and bradley and and uh, lolly i'd already played with them like i knew how good they were right yeah, so right. and you know there's nothing nothing more special to me than the than the you know the province of newfoundland when it comes to canadians too i played with them for six years in a row yeah. in um in newfoundland too so you know i was an honorary newfie with the boys and i played with a couple of their dads if you, if you yeah. want to laugh at that so yeah. <laughs> so you know i you know I, I i hope nothing for the best of those boys and i told them that night too in the beer tent afterwards i said you guys will get yours it's gonna it's coming so and, and it did i came and they came in a title weight fashion and they well they win another five six seven in a row whatever it was right so they were this they were that good at it right it was just it was writing on the wall so we just the stars happened to align for us that day and the boys might have squeezed a little bit more with me out there as compared to you know somebody else that they've been beating up on so sure. um so i got through uh, i got through five five innings through you know to get to get donnie enough uh, rest that he could actually get out there and pull his weight for the for the week because he hadn't done anything since I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, to this day, I still give Jim, Jim Holman shit every time I talk to him. <laughs> the uh, stink eye. You never forget anything, do you? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't forget. I don't no forget. Doubt. No doubt. Saying you're going to throw a, throw a few innings here and there and then you have to throw, throw five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you know my personality, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i kind of like a dog in a bowl when I get into a, get into a beer tent and and uh, I wouldn't let Jim forget that for the night. So no. not, that, uh, not that he'd want to. So, <laughs> another awesome guy I got to play with. So he was uh, the home of the family was Jim and Sue were just fantastic uh, yeah. people and and so much fun to be a part of and very giving to the game and certainly all the guys that, that played on their team. So it was it was fun to help out. That's right nice. on. Now I want to talk about 2016 getting inducted to the ISC Hall of Fame. Uh, that must have been a pretty special feeling. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, it shows you're getting old or older or you're, you're really old, whatever you want to look at it. But, uh, 
you know, you, when you're playing, you don't really think about it. Um, when you're, when you get to look back in the rear view mirror a little bit, it's, uh, you know, it's nice to reflect on it. It's, you know, my dad, uh, I lost my dad the year after that. So, um, so I was really, really happy that he got to come down to, uh, to Quad City and, and be a part of that with me. Um, you know, he, he followed me everywhere I went, you know, everywhere, every, every ISC he could get to, he could drive to, he went to, um, he flew to a couple as well too, but you know, he was there, uh, he was there at every turn and for, uh, and for her, uh, for my dad and my mom to be able to come down and see that it was, it was fantastic. Uh, it was a fantastic experience. You know, it's, you know, it chokes you up thinking about it. You know, mm-hmm. you're standing up there with, you're standing up there with, you know, Jared Martin and, and, uh, Thomas McKee and, and some of the people that you just battled your whole career against, yeah. you know, you couldn't stand them for the late. And then you're up there, you know, shaking hands and, and uh, reminiscing about all these wars you had too, which was fun as well. So, yeah. so it's nice. I, I was, um, you know, I've always, you know, as I got older, um, I went to all the Hall of Fame breakfast. So, um, I got to see a lot of them and I got to see a lot of my idols go in and, and I really, I really appreciated that, that side of the, uh, the, the game. And I'm a, I'm a huge history buff of the game and I'm, you know, I, I followed it. Uh, I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to stats and things like that. So, um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I'm proud of myself for getting in there. I'm proud of my friends for getting in there. I think I've probably done four or five, maybe six speeches for guys that have gotten inducted in the last few years. And, nice. uh, wow. and I'm, and I've always, told, I've always told John Thompson too, who does a fantastic job, um, you know, running it and, and being a part of the hall of fame that I'll, I'll do it as long as I can. Right. So every chance I get, I'll go to one. So, uh, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Beautiful. That's so awesome. it's, a, it's a cherry on the it's a cherry on top of the Sunday, right? So. Yeah, for sure. Now we have uh, Jenna Kyrus coming on to talk to us next week. Uh, tell us, uh, oh, tell us about uh, working with Jenna. Well, it's been a it's been one of the high points of my career. So, uh, you know, my my pitching and, and and coaching and teaching and playing. You know, it's uh, Jenna and I hooked up. I think she's fourteen or fifteen years old. We, we always struggle. She's you know she's early thirties now. So, we've been working together for you know half her life and. Um, She's just a, she's a great, great, great student. Um, she's the hardest working kid I've ever seen in my life. Uh, she's won at every level. So, and I've said this a million times, if you want to be a great pitching coach, then uh, go, go find a kid that, uh, go coach a kid that doesn't know how to lose. And, uh, that's what yeah. I've had with Jenna. So, you know, I went from being her pitching coach to being her pitching coach and her mentor to being her pitching coach and her mentor and her sounding board to her strength, to her friend, to everything. Right. So, um, so we've been through a lot together and, and we're still going through it. Right. So right. I'm, you know, for every time this, the Olympics gets um, pushed back, I feel like, you know, a little piece of me, you know, yeah. get stabbed too. Because I, I just want her, I want her to get to that. And a bunch of the other girls on the other team or all the girls for that matter. But uh, I really want Jenna to get to the Olympics because she's worked so, so hard for it. She's dedicated such a big part of her life to the game, which I know all about. And, uh, uh, yeah, I love the kid. She's awesome. So yeah. I named my, I named my, da- my daughter after her. So she, Wow, it took a lot of needle took, took a lot of needling from her, but, uh, but uh, yeah, so she she kept bringing it up when she was you know I, don't know, I guess she'd probably be sixteen or seventeen years old when uh, when my daughter was born. So uh, so yeah, she brought it up a lot. But uh, she probably named her Jenna. So uh, that's cool. So anyways, she ended up winning. She ended up winning the day on that. So that's my daughter's name as well. Too. Wow, so, that's awesome. So yeah, we got a pretty we got a pretty special relationship. I'd say Jeez. she's a. <laughs> She's a, she's a she's an awesome pitcher, so we have a lot of fun with it. Right on! Can't wait to talk to her. Did you teach her the flip change? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After about the flip days. So. Oh yeah, we're going to. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she's got the best. She's got the best changeup in the world for for the women's game. Um, she probably has for 15 years, and she's known known for that as well too. So she's got a she's got an outstanding changeup. Uh, you know, it doesn't hurt. She throws 67 miles an hour too. Yeah, so man, that's crazy. Uh, so, but she's got the buckler. So I yeah, she picked it up pretty quick too. So. She'll tell you a, funny, a couple of funny stories about me when it comes to throwing the change up and her learning it too. So I'll leave that. Someone steal her thunder on that. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> she, she got it early. She uh, she throws it well. She can throw it whenever she wants. And uh, and uh, the Todd Martin change died when the Jenna Kyra change got that good because now all the kids I coach say, I just throw the Jenna Kyra change. <laughs> I laugh. It's, it's, it's nice. I, I, I throw the Jenna Kyra change too, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're, uh, we're going to finish up. We do a little thing here with the Player Association. Uh, I'm going to name off a name and uh, you can uh, give your thoughts on them. Is it a one word or is it a... Nope. Uh, just okay, just talk, okay. fly. Sure. You can fly. You can talk as much as you want about them. So Sounds like fun. First one I'm going to start off with is uh, Jason Hansen. Oh, J-Bo. Uh, maybe the best defensive second baseman I've ever seen play. Maybe one of the best you know defensive ball players I've ever seen play. Um, probably the dirtiest individual I've ever seen play. I've never seen a guy sweat more in my life. I've never seen a guy covered <laughs> more mud in my life. Uh, just a, he's a, what's the best way to put it? He's a party trick. So he's someone you take the parties, you wind them up and let them go. And you, and you watch everyone just sit there with their mouth open because he can do so many different things that, that would just, it would make you laugh. So, but tremendous talent, you know, um, I wouldn't want to say that 96 was his coming out party, but for him to do what he did in 96 when he won the world and get the two run shot in the bottom of seventh to win it, yeah. uh, is certainly legendary in the game and, in the, probably more so in my eyes, but yeah, love playing with him. Right on. Uh, next one's Todd Garcia. Wolfie. Uh, that was, uh, it's funny because when we started playing catch together, you know, I was the young kid coming from nowhere that's not everyone had heard of. Marty Grant and Pete Sandman were the certain legends and they had Tim Wall playing catch. So it was always me and Todd Garcia that, uh, that were the, the afterthoughts to start the season. And, uh, by the, the ISS, Tim Wall got hurt. I did kind of started to take over the pitching staff a little bit. And Todd Garcia and I played catch for the next three years together. And, wow. and as he would probably tell you, we didn't need to use signals. So wow. we, uh, we're always on the same page and um, you know, we're trying to get away from getting caught with the changeup. So he says, we won't even use this changeup signal. He says, you just throw the changeup whenever you want. He says, I got you picked anyways. I can see whenever I want anyway. So we, <laughs> we just, we, we never had, uh, we never had to use signals. We never had to think about it. We never had to shake our head. We never had to talk about anything. And, and we were really, really successful together. That's so nuts. it was, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was just great cat, great defensive catcher. So wow. great, great ball player. All right. Uh, my next one, you kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, the late Rod Peterson. Oh, it just breaks my heart that he's gone. Um, just uh, like a father figure, party animal, fun-loving, larger-than-life champion of the game. So sponsored a team for almost 40 years. Um, there's not a guy that's, that didn't play for him that wouldn't stand there and say the same thing about him. I had so much so much respect for him and so much admiration for him and so much love for him. Um, it's hard to even articulate. So we had so, so much fun together. We could do a, a whole show 
we could do a whole just show on. just just talking about Rod Peterson. So and, and the stories that I have, I could tell you arm wrestling stories about him. I could tell you <laughs> buying rounds with him. I could tell you, I could tell stuff to make your listeners just cry. Or some of the stuff that we uh, that he would say it would come out of his mouth and just the way he was. So wow. I miss him every day. I kept in touch with him. I kept like you know I quit playing with the farm in 104, and I've been calling him every you know month or a couple of months or a couple of weeks, whatever it was for until he passed away so uh so i miss him and i it was just it was an awesome time of our lives right it's funny because every time we every time we get the boys together um i call them put them on speakerphone and um you know whether it's the ic hall of fame or whether we're sitting on on bags back deck after a golf or whatever we'd uh, I, i'd make everyone you know get involved and, and get over and talk to him sort of thing so he loved it so that's awesome just an awesome awesome dude yeah. uh donnie scott Ah, oh, five foot seven fire plug. So, um, love playing with him. One of my favorite teammates ever. So, you know, another guy that's just a bulldog out there too. So we had, uh, we had so much fun together. Um, you know, he pushed me, he pushed me to be better. I pushed him to be better. Uh, he, he came to the party kind of late and that's, uh, that's something that he didn't need to cause he could have started when he was 21 years old too. Um, cause he was that, he was that talented. Right. So, um, just so much fun. Just, you know, rise ball, rise ball, rise ball, rise ball, rise ball. <laughs> just stood there and threw, threw it by you. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome picture. Awesome people, him and his family, just, uh, so much fun to be, uh, to be a part of, of, of his career too. So nice. And the last one, we, we, we let him, uh, have his words about you, uh, Dean Holine. <laughs> uh, another, uh, just, uh, character of the game so you 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 talk about dino like there's there's a few guys that that stand out when you talk about characters like todd bunky and then and dean holland certainly one of them right so just an absolute beast of talent uh so much fun to be a part of you know any team that i played on um although i did tell him he was only half as funny after he got his real teeth put in or his false teeth put in when he had his fake teeth whatever he was twice as funny <laughs> but he was always he was always the he's always the funniest guy to, to play with um, another guy that he, I called it the Dino stomp. So when, when Dino starts stomping around the, uh, around the eight foot or whatever, you know, you're in trouble. So, cause he'd be pacing out there and you could see the fire in his eyes. He's just a, a huge competitor, a bigger than life character. And another guy that I love playing with and, yeah. uh, ne- never wrestle with him. He's a, he's a, he's a bear. So. He told us you just boot stomp him. So. <laughs> Yeah, I told him for years. I think I invented that UFC move where they just stand, they just jump on the person's foot. <laughs> you'd, you'd almost have to stick and run with Dino because if you ever got to hold you, you're in trouble. Yeah, so he for was sure. a, yeah, he was an ox, but yeah, he was a you know he was he's another Hall of Famer, right? He was he just a great, great, great ball player and so much fun to be around. Yeah, for sure. Well, Marty, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, you're a big part of the game in this country, and it was it was great to hear. Uh, hear the stories from your perspective you got a fantastic memory i can tell you that much yeah dino said you did oh there's no doubt i could i could yeah no no dino can't remember anything so, <laughs> uh, yeah no no i remember I, I always make the joke i can remember every game every pitch and every guy this guy will come up to me and say i remember i did this off you know they know you didn't you had a ground ball to second base when I it's a one-two count so quit, yeah. quit lying so but yeah thanks for having me guys it was a lot of fun all right yeah, marty. thanks marty take care of yourself and enjoy the rest of uh of 2020 as best you can <laughs> You bet. You be good, boys. All right, buddy. Take See care. you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Anywhere, anywhere, anytime. Yeah, it's due time, huh? It's just perfect timing. It's just perfect timing. Huh? Class.
Yeah, I needed Def Jams to rap a lot Came up in the 90s, you can hear the snap crackle pop Crack the shackles off, raps David Hasselhoff Fell straight, my knees got back up and wiped the gravel off uh, I did this with no piggyback Like how they said P. Diddy did on Biggie's back Said you're a lion, you're lying, you little kitty cat I'm money in the bank, what's a 50 rack? Give me that Splitting wigs like a quarter wood, strict like the quarter lord, sip a quarter liquor raw. Been recording for a quarter of my life, now my headquarters and my tennis quarter looking right. Uh, who wanna play with me, rage with me? Love the ones who learn to change with me, stay with me. Every day, me and Merck show our worth, cause nobody wanna die underpaid and overworked, don't know. Throw them up, high, real high, throw them up. Took a minute till they listen, now they know what's up. Thought I told y'all before, no one is cold as us. We shut it down. Shut them up, kid. Get ready. Anywhere, anywhere, anytime. No time for jokes. Get ready. It's just perfect timing. This the kind of beat that go. 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 Breaking down them doors into younger than that one.